Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. And I am another host, co-host Casey Clapp. They call me CHCC. CHCC. Honestly, I had to, uh, I'm very petrified of, of doing anything with a K sound in it because, you know, it could be you know a K or C. Right. So I was like, Casey, say the acronym in your brain first before you say it out loud right now. It sounded a bit like uh, the USSR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the CC. CC. Back in the CHCC. <laughs> was that good? That was a perfect Paul McCartney impression, oh, Casey. thank you. That really is nice of you to say. Are you a fan of the Beatles, Case? I am not really, but kind of, you know. Okay. I don't know how to say it. There are some songs that I really enjoy that, you know, there's just good songs. Yeah. There are other songs I'm like, eh, eh, it doesn't do it for me. You're not one of these people that thinks the Beatles is the best band to ever exist. No, in fact, uh, so I have not listened to much of the Beatles um, ever until my last road trip with my good friend Thomas. We drove down to California to do a bike trip, failed the bike trip because I got hurt, and then right. we were on the way back up, and I told him I'd never listened to the Beatles all the way through their entire discography. Yeah. And so he was like, dude, let's just, we got a long drive. So we download them all on Spotify, then listen to them three at a time on our drive up. Because once you got to three albums, we're like, we need a break from the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's a lot of Beatles. It's a it's a lot of Beatles. <clears throat> it's a lot of one thing. Yeah, and that that's even the thing. Like they don't have a they're a massive discography. Yeah, you know? it's like it's like Tom Waits and Elton John, and Billy Joel. Like they've been putting out albums every year since like 1975. Right. So the, I to answer your question, never really liked the Beatles because and this is how I described it. I hmm. I'm pretty sure Alex, I've said this to you before. Hmm. They are like the Model T. If you're into cars, right. you're like, yeah, cool. Cars are really cool. I like I like cars. That doesn't mean that you're going to say, what's the best car of all time? The Model T. <laughs> because like, it was the original. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, it started it. Great. But did it do it the best? Eh, maybe not. I got you. Yeah, the Beatles, I don't know. I'm sort of, I'm sort of in the same camp. I... I, you know, grew up playing guitar. Yeah. And as any g- g- new guitarist, I feel like, is going to go through a handful of Beatles songs, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're just like in every guitar learning book. You got to learn like uh, um, Blackbird. Of course. That was actually um, the very first song I learned how to play on guitar. Look how good I am. I guess that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I want to hear you play that. I would love to. Okay. It's a great song, but it's also like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we've heard it. A tr- every every Beatles song is so overplayed. Exactly. Not everyone. There's the deep cuts that nobody likes. Mm, yeah. Um, 
I, I think Paul McCartney is like a really fascinating performer and yeah. John Lennon was a really curious guy. Apparently though, they, they both um, have like them together as a songwriting unit mm-hmm. are credited with more number one smash hits than anyone else, and and it's not even close. That makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's them as like a, a, a together, like because they everyone's like, well, who wrote which song? You know, everyone's very curious about that. As time goes on, they became world famous. They're like, eh, I mean, I wrote like this part. He wrote that part. Right. I did these lyrics. He did those lyrics. Most of those records are credited to Lennon and McCartney. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I saw this great tweet from Nick Weiger of the Doughboys, who said, um, a third of all classic rock songs are about how the singer wants to date a girl, but she's too young. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's like a lot of the Beatles are that man. Yep. Realistically, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. A little bit creepy. Hey boy. <laughs> this is completely arbitrary. And as such, we are not here to talk about music. Although I do love to do it. We're here to talk about a tree. True. To this week, we are talking about a pine tree. Yes, we are. More specifically, the Monterey pine. Oh, everyone either was like, oh, or they're like, oh. Now, this is interesting to me. Why do you feel that way? Well, because, as you'll learn here pretty soon, the Monterey pine is a tree that is known across the world, Hmm. notably in like Chile, Paraguay, New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa. Okay. Yet, they don't know it quite the way that you would know it if you were from Monterey. So, if you're from, say, northern central California, you're like, oh, yeah, that funny little pine tree that grows around all the time. That's great. If you're from somewhere else in the world where they grow, it's like, oh, God, another Monterey pine. I see. Anyway, so. What a great little tease, Case. What a great little tease. Well, we have plenty of Monterey pine talk after... A quick break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Monterey Pine. Casey. Alex. Let's imagine as we do every episode. What are you going to say? Here's a really creative one. Okay. We're walking through Monterey, California. (laughs) And we come across. Sip my boring coffee. (laughs) We come across, as you you say, some funny little pine trees. (laughs) Let's ID this tree. And Casey, while you begin this uh, ID course on the Monterey Pine, I'm going to dash over to this desk over here because I've got a box. Oh. In that box are three, count them, three Monterey Pine cones. So, Casey, let's ID this tree. I'm going to go grab those cones. All right, Alex. This is something that I love to do. I've been wanting to cover this tree for quite a long time. The most specific reason is because I kind of think it's kind of a funny little pine tree, just like you, you kind of said. But it's also this like ubiquitous tree in other parts of the world, and it doesn't look a bit like itself. 
which is huh. so much fun for so me. So it looks different in in California as it does in other parts of the world. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So in California, uh, I should say there's two native uh, kind of bigger populations. One is the Pinus radiata, which is the, uh, the Monterey pine. Is that what we're talking about today? Yes, we're talking about Pinus radiata variety radiata. Now Pinus radiata variety radiata, what we would call the Monterey pine, mm-hmm. grows in three distinct populations along the central Californian coast. In San Mateo, Santa Cruz, and Monterey counties. Okay. They're just these tiny little populations. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, you, if you blink, you kind of miss it as you're driving through. Now, there is another population, Alex, uh, or rather two other populations that are known as Pinus radiata variety binata or binata. These live in the same kind of region as the variety radiata no so curious okay they actually grow on two islands way down on baja california wow off baja california i suppose if they were on baja california they wouldn't be be in baja california (laughs) islands uh one is uh (laughs) they could be sky islands casey wow look at that oh i imagine they'd be floating in that case though casey really quick interjection you don't even know how relevant that is oh my god the new Zelda game is coming out soon. Holy shit. And it's full of Sky Islands. Oh, uh, let's they, do it. And they call them Sky Islands. Yeah, which is funny because I bet you in Zelda, though, they're actually little islands floating in the they sky are, yeah. rather than like mountains that right. are really tall. Yeah. Hey, either way, imagination, go wild. So this other variety lives only on these two little islands off the yes. coast of Baja. One is Isla Guadalupe. Okay. The other is Isla Cedros. Oh. And Oh, Cedros. Like yeah. uh, ced, uh, like cedar? Exactly. So I assume it's just like Cedar Isles, okay. what that would translate to. Cool. Um, or Cedar Island. And yeah, it's just, they're, they're these tiny little islands with these old populations that have been there for who knows how long. Mm. They're just slightly different enough that they're these, you know, independent varieties. Yeah. So, but we're going to focus on the uh, the variety radiata. So, what we would call the Monterey pine that grows off the Californian coast. In terms of how I'm going to describe it, then we're going to pivot and we're going to talk about what the rest of the world knows as either just radiata or radiata pine. I feel like we might need like two ID sections. We we uh, we won't, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because everything's the same except for how they grow in oh. terms of their stature. Okay. So let's talk about quickly the needles. Let's do the stature last. Perfect. So depending on which one you're talking about, variety radiata or variety binata, they have either two needles per fascicle or three. The oh. one we're mostly talking about has the three. Okay. That is the radiata pine or the pinus radiata, Monterey pine. Monterey pine is what we're going to stick with for the rest of what we're talking about. <laughs> and when we say Monterey pine, we mean pinus radiata variety radiata. Correct. Oof. All right. So these are um, adorable little uh, needles. They're not very long. Maybe, you know... About three, four, five inches at most. They stay on the tree for about three or four years. So they kind of have a, a semi-full looking canopy because three or four years is is about as much as you get with a lot of pines unless you're talking about the, you know, the highest elevation, oldest growing pinus longevas. Sure. You know, they hold on to them for a lot longer. Okay. So they just kind of look like these rough and tumble pines that grow out there. They're dark green. They look very normal. They're, they're a very quintessential like... Pine. Oh, that's a pine tree. Right. Whenever someone thinks in their brain pine tree, guarantee this is like a very classic example of what they're thinking. Okay. 
So they don't get very tall. They stay generally in California. In fact, I this I'm sorry. I'm just tickled by these facts. In California, they only get to about 40 meters, about 130 feet. Hmm. Okay. And they only grow about five feet in diameter. Okay. They grow on the coast, so they just get whipped by wind and and <clears throat> salt spray, things like that. So they're very contorted and crooked. They don't they don't tend to get very tall and big because of the conditions, and it's very rocky, very sandy, very hot. It's just not a place you think, oh, yeah, this is going to be a giant tree. Kind of imagining like a shore pine. Yeah, that's exactly. Kind of crooked and battered. Yeah, exactly. Now, they they get a little bit bigger, I think, than a shore pine. Okay. um, At least in these like native habitats. So you're on the right exact page, though. They don't get very big. They have these kind of flat-topped, kind of spreading crowns because they're kind of on these headland areas. So as the top dies, then the next branch kind of Mm. becomes the new leader. Then as that dies, another branch below. So all the other lower branches tend to be able to catch up, so they kind of develop a flatter top over time. And they're very attractive, very windswept, very like California coast, Ooh, you know? Yeah. But like Northern California coast, so not like beaches and condos and freeways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a freeway aesthetic. Yeah, it really is. It's a beautiful freeway aesthetic. I, I, I love the word windswept to describe a tree. Oh, that's, yeah. That's so evocative, I think. Ooh, I love the term evocative to describe anything. But Casey... Let's let's hold off on formo- uh, morphology. Yes. Not formology. Let's talk bark. Ooh, the bark is so good. So I've read that the, the people describe this bark as having like V furrows, which I had mm. to kind of like imagine because if you look them up, uh, the V furrow is basically that it kind of has a V shape. And so the furrows kind of come down and connect together. Oh yeah, that's kind of what they're talking about. Okay, is it sort of like we've talked about before um, the like the diamond plated metal yeah. thing? Yes, is it, but inverted exactly like embossed. And this is like like bigger. So this is like someone takes a very long, big sharpie and just makes a huge letter. Okay. So the, what you're talking about, like say on, oh, I can't even think of a tree off the top of my head that we talked about this with. But yeah, you yeah, they're like little, so it's like a small pattern repeated over and over. But these are big. Yeah. Yeah, this is like dense. Yeah, this is that pattern writ large with okay. these deeper furrows and and kind of like rough, rough and tumble. It looks like almost kind of like a rock that's kind of been stretched out. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's how it's I so see metal. These. It is. It's super metal, and they're kind of dark gray. Uh, it, they don't even look attractive. They look like a, a, a troll skin kind of thing. <laughs> is how I imagine them. Like they're they're not trees that are like there to look pretty. The ponderosa pine it almost looks like they are uh, like quite elegant in terms of their bark. Whereas okay. this, oh. you, you see it. Are you? I'm see looking up about? a picture of the bark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it doesn't it's really fine win. exactly it's it's fine but it's like it you're you're not gonna win the award for most handsome bark it's pretty much like um a pine utility bark it's yeah it's pine utility bark for yeah. sure which yeah. we've discussed before is still like above your flat gray utility bark yeah exactly this is but, this is a special variety there are yeah. different buckets of utility bark you know sure this is, this is one size there are different one t- tiers i would yeah, say yeah i would say yeah that's right yeah <laughs> casey uh speaking of tiers uh, our patreon is uh www.patreon <laughs> hey the cone of the month club yeah. and i'm holding a cone everything comes full circle with it us it really Alex. does casey i'm holding a, a a real life monterey pine cone yeah honestly yeah you you tell us about it alex this is this is you walk us through well i would be glad to casey so 
the the cone of the Monterey pine is very pine like. Mm. It is um, very, very coney. Yeah, if you turn it upside down and hold it kind of like an ice cream cone, <laughs> it's got a nice, uh, it's got a nice sharp point to it. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm currently holding an unopened. Yes. This is important because they look very different when they're opened. Exactly, and I, I'll add in they are serotonous. So that means that they open when fire comes through. Yes. So you're holding one that's closed because it's basically sealed shut, waiting for fire to come through. Yeah. And then you also have what? Well, Casey, the most important part of this cone, I would say, is the fact that it grows on the branch, uh, I would say, like, by its fingertips. Ooh. It has, it, the base of this cone yeah. is askew. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it has like a bit, it lo- almost looks like half of the cone is really normal looking. And then you re- you reveal the other half and it looks like a bite was taken out of it. And that's where it grows on the limb. Yes. And it's sort of, it, it grows out of the side and it's got this cute little booty on the it bottom. It does. It's, it's, it's got a badonk donk It really does. It pops out. It's packing. <laughs> And then when it opens up, it, it on the top half, it looks like a beautiful pine cone. On the bottom half, it's this gorgeous sort of swirled effect where it looks like it's kind of, I'm almost imagining like a Fibonacci yeah, sequence, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Totally, yeah. Um, on, the, on the base here. Exactly. And it's that, the, the way the, the cones grow is that they grow from the, the kind of world along a branch. Mm-hmm. So there's like four or so all at one spot. Oh. And they kind of angle down and out. So on one part where they are connected to on the inside, where they're connected, like where the branch or the stem is, yeah, that that's the part that kind of stays small and doesn't get big. But then on the outside, it grows big and gets a lot of like big fat scales. Right. So then when you look at it with this Fibonacci, it's not only is it spiraled because of course it's a pine and that's what they do, but it is also like spiraled in like a asymmetric way right? yeah so like is that what you're kind of describing there yeah i think so and also the scales are smaller around where it connects exactly yeah like tiny little scales and then as you go out from that connection they get bigger and bigger they're just like some of the most fascinating beautiful little cones yeah they're gorgeous they got they have like a real uh uh, you know like an intelligent design oh alex wow (laughs) funny you should say that god made this cone <laughs> yeah, being serotonous. Now you have three different cones. One is still yes, shut. Right. Another is half opened on yes. one side. So my my theory was that this this cone, the one that's half open, was like sitting in the sun, mm. but just on this half. Yes. And so it has a little it has a little turkey tail sticking up from it, Casey. Yeah, it, that's exact. That's such a good description. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's courting a a, a, a hen turkey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a gorgeous gorgeous cone. This is probably in my top maybe three or four uh, pine yeah. species. Okay, very specifically pine. I think it's yes. fair. It's a good distinction. Well, Casey, those are the the sort of parts we're playing with. But we want to say we wanted to save the morphology for last. Exactly, because we have two sort of two sort of growth patterns. Yes. So we just kind of talked about the form being windswept and short, contorted, not mm-hmm. very tall, like a lot of stems coming out, like kind of multi-branched. However, these trees were planted out after, I think they were introduced to New Zealand, the late 1800s to 
South Africa and bunch of countries in South America over the late 1800s, early 1900s, like 1905 kind of thing. Okay. And they planted them. They're like, this is a pretty good tree. It has grown really well here. Um, we could probably make this into a timber tree. For whatever reason, the trees down off of the coast and in a place that's a little bit more wet and is climactically similar, but with just more moisture, more water. Like in California? Uh, than California, actually. California oh. is where they grow right on the coast in this weird contorted way. Uh-huh. And then if you move them to a more cush locale, okay. they grow straight up. This is very curious. They are like arrows. Like a timber tree. Exactly like a timber tree. What are we talking about today, Ken? Ah! Weird. <laughs> this is our little mini, mini series on on lumber, yes. of course. Uh, well, yeah, uh, well, logging, less, rather. Yes, logging more at large, yes. yeah. That usually um, is done to make lumber. So that's very curious, things. Casey. Yeah. Well, it doesn't end there. They also grow wildly fast. Oh. And they've done a lot of uh, what they call tree improvement. So it's hard to tell what is kind of the the natural form of this tree just in a different environment oh. versus what humans have done to basically help it along. The same thing we do with different um, cultivars around mm-hmm. where you want a, a weeping tree or you want a tree that's very, very small. They can develop that as a cultivar. Oh, to be more, uh, to be better for logging? Uh, exactly. So the oh. cultivar, the term cultivar, it, funny enough, is only like cultivated variety. It's in the, the horticultural trade. Whereas the same process, but done for timber, is called tree improvement. Oh, boy. Yeah, where they're, they're growing a tree, so they're developing it. Instead of being more beautiful and more whatever aesthetic you want, mm-hmm. they're growing it to have certain attributes and abilities to be a better timber tree for whatever spot they're growing it as timber. You know, you know what I say about tree improvement? What? <laughs> this is this is that yeah i had a theory okay that i told you oh yeah that's right about <laughs> uh, he's laughing this i'm not laughing <laughs> about why why this tree grew so differently yeah in this in in australia uh-huh my theory was that and i don't i didn't really have any details but I think it, I thought it had something to do with the uh, like the axis of the Earth. Yeah, which and, I just I love, and sort of the uh, the 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 momentum of the spin of our planet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That for some reason, when you went south of the equator, <laughs> it like the you know gravity like the pulled it up straight like a string of gum. Yeah, which is which just I uh, just tickles me so much. I think it might be true. <laughs> I want some grad students to look into this for yeah, me. Honestly, you know what? Yeah, please. I think that would be great because uh there are other things that like uh there's certain trees that if you plant them on either side of the equator, they grow towards the equator, See? you know? You don't, you don't hear what I'm saying? Yeah, but the one thing is I do have to note um uh the earth spins the same way if you're on the top or the bottom which is a construct of all regard. If you flip the map upside down, it's as, as normal as anything. Well, When you're in space, um, there is no up or down, so the Earth is spinning in some given direction relative to another thing like the sun. So if you plant a tree down, down under, um, the it's still getting pulled the same. 
I um to I, quote to quote the dude. Yeah, well, that's just like <laughs> your opinion, man. Uh, you know, cool. You're right. I understand. <laughs> I understand that's not a real theory, but in my head, it works really well. It does. I think. I. Uh, you know what? Why not? I think that's All good. All right, yeah. here we go. I'm with you. I'm with that's you. That's the kind of license yeah. I like, Casey. <laughs> the, the why not license. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. And I guess I, I guess the big thing is planting them more inland as opposed to on the coast. Yes. They, yeah. They're not fighting for survival anymore, so they get to yeah. grow up straight like a tree does. I think that's very fair, and I don't know why. Like, I can't give you a good a good answer other than uh, environmental conditions are different. Yeah. So it responds differently. So its genes are allowing it to grow in two different ways based on the conditions that it is subjected to. Now, you know? hold on. If you grew it inland in California, yeah. would it grow straight up? I, it at least grows more straight up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that is when you get the tallest trees, which grow to 130 feet in mm-hmm. this kind of native region that they, they grow in. I gotcha. However, if you plant them, let's say in South Africa or New Zealand, the trees can grow up to 170 feet tall see and literally double the diameter they're juicing they're juicing down there yeah whatever soils are going down in the southern hemisphere so maybe you're right you know i don't know double the diameter wow 10.5 feet is the the biggest one which is just over i think three four meters that's very impressive it's huge like it's yeah. it's a big big tree it's a big tree like it's a big tree by every regard it's yeah it's stunning it's the tallest tree the most common tree in new zealand like the most common really? tree. Yeah. 90% of their forestry industry is the Monterey pine. Fascinating. So now when you said that in California, you're like, ah, I love Monterey pine. And in New Zealand, you might think, Ugh, another it, Monterey pine. Exactly. Now I know why. Alex, this is one of the most stunning things that I've like really, really dove into. Hmm. So we're talking about forestry, right? Yes. Now you have gone out into the forest. When you go to a forest, um, let's say you just drive to the coast. You're driving through. You you start seeing like what what is the thing that says okay I'm in a forest to you. Huh. I guess density of like trees per yeah. acre or something like that. Yeah, and it just like gets darker too. Yeah. Okay. Um, you obviously see big trees next to you. Big trees okay. on the sides of the highway. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you are looking through and doing that, is there a difference between a forest and a plantation to you? Probably not. At 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 my level of, of understanding okay. you know i think if you drove to the f- to the beach yeah you'd be like i'm in a forest right now and then there would be an, a completely insignificant change you'd be like oh this is a plantation <laughs> yeah very very likely yeah. and and like the the distinction between the two um at least in our forest which is why say we're not covering the douglas fir or some other kind of pine tree in the u.s yeah because funny enough in the United States and Canada, for the most part, all the trees that we use for any amount of plantation forestry is a native species hmm. or are a native species. So, for example, you go out to the Coast Range or the Cascades or something like that, and they've logged a big clear cut. They would replant with Douglas fir which is going to come back on its own if you didn't replant. Yeah. Just, you know, it would take a little bit longer probably. Sure. But the the plantation is what you would expect a native forest to be. Hmm. You'd be like, okay, plantation, native forest, what's the difference? 
Was it planted? Did it come back naturally? Well, sometimes you have a naturally regenerating forest where they they cut, but they don't replant, and they just let the trees around do the work for them. Yeah. Let that whole natural process go and take its course. So I think you're exactly right. Density is a perfect example. You have to plant back a certain amount of trees per density per acre mm, okay so you would say um okay we are we have cut down all this we now need to plant x amount of trees per acre at this spacing so as those trees grow up they are like very tightly packed and you see this very uniform uh growing area and you're like that looks like a forest but it looks like it's so intensely dense where you don't, it doesn't look like a natural forest with big trees that are interesting and have other things growing around. There's there's a heterogeneous spacing where everything looks very natural, you know? Yeah, the, okay. Yeah, in contrast, you're seeing things that are spaced perfectly in line. You're, you're seeing things that, if not perfectly in line, they're at least so uniformly spaced, even if it's not like a perfect grid. It's almost like you know? when you drive by like an apple orchard yeah. and you look down yes. as you're driving and it looks, it's like this optical illusion. When you see like direct lines all the yes. sudden all the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. I've definitely seen this driving to the coast. Yes, okay. And I guess in my head I, I was like, huh, that's a weird, that's a very... It's a very dense, particular forest. Yeah. Maybe I just thought that's how the trees grew. Now, Alex, you're you're right. This is half the reason I wanted to talk about this tree, this everything, right now, as we're doing right now. This is a, a thing that I noticed over the last couple of years, obviously talking with you because I was like, oh my gosh, I never even considered this. If you have training in forestry or just, you know, knowing what a natural forest looks like versus not a natural forest. Mm-hmm. You can pick it out pretty easily. You can say, okay, yeah, this is this is very dense. There's nothing on the ground. Like you can name all these different traits. Sure. Um, versus someone who doesn't know, they literally see trees and they're like, I'm in a forest. So when they see them get cut down again, they're like, you guys are cutting down the forest and they have this visceral reaction. Ah. I see that sometimes. And I'm like, they're not cutting down a forest. They're cutting down the tree equivalent of corn right now. That is a plantation. So sometimes when I'm driving to the coast, yeah. I see like a hill that has been totally clear cut. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man. But that's just like, that. that very well may could be a plantation. Correct. I mean, almost surely a plantation. Almost surely, yeah. yeah. Unless it is, most of the time, um, a clear cut on private land is a plantation. Okay. Which is what all of the radiata pine is everywhere else in the world that is not these three locations along the coast of California and not those two islands off of Baja, California, I see. Mexico. Okay. Every, this is also a thing that sets it apart in a really unique way. Hmm. Other places in the world have used species of pine or Douglas fir, Sika spruce, that are in American species. They're from North America. They grow natively over here really well, mm-hmm. but they use it and plant them elsewhere in the world as timber species. But they're not native. You go to France. There's Sika spruce growing there. You go to Germany. There's Douglas fir growing in a uh, a tall plantation. But in those places, they're grown primarily for lumber. 100%. Not even primarily. So in Australia, New Zealand, Paraguay, all these other places down in South America mm-hmm. where they're growing literally millions of hectares, which for those of you who are not counting in hectares, that's about 2.4 acres. Oh, okay. 
those are giant plantations growing what is the equivalent of corn of arboreal corn arboreal corn yeah isn't that a good james bond intro corn (laughs) arboreal corn (laughs) i was gonna say uh episode title hey yeah that would be uh that seems pretty mean but i'm down like, <laughs> name of our episode is arboreal corn is this is how the internet works you have to <laughs> yeah, call true. your something your product something inflammatory so people will listen to it ah yeah okay do it definitely have do it comment section fights <laughs> yeah hey everyone get on the comment section and fight about this we yeah absolutely hate it <laughs> we're not gonna log in for a week <laughs> um yeah so alex this is a thing that if you were um Ooh, here's a good one. Have you ever driven to the gorge from Portland? Sure. Have you ever gone past the Dalles? Yes. Have you ever looked to the right <laughs> and seen this wacky, what? Is that a giant? Is, are those just trees? And it's just like a forest of trees coming out of nowhere, a literal desert. I would have to see it with uh, again, but oh, probably, I'm sure, okay. yeah. Well, anyone who is in New Zealand... Um, has done this and I'm sure they've seen it because you're driving around and this is normally a grassland area yeah. and all of a sudden there's just this these perfectly spaced lines of trees yeah. boom 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 very much like a crop those are all Pinus radiata those are radiata pine okay they grow them in like a field like you would yeah okay they wow. specifically grow them in places that uh, intense agriculture cannot be done I guess like a, I'm, I'm sort of now imagining like a Christmas tree farm. Yes. Now we're on the same page okay. for sure. That's cool. exactly what it is. Interesting. But they don't cut them after 12 years when they're 10 feet tall. They cut them between 25 and 30 years when they are way taller. Yeah. Like these trees grow to the point where they could be a foot or more in diameter, like several feet in diameter in a matter of 35 years. Mm. Like. It's hard to uh, conceptualize, so I'm going to do my best. But they grow so fast, Alex, and so big after what we were talking about, which we'll get into a little bit, the idea of this tree improvement. In about 28 years, the trees grow so fast that one hectare, which is 2.4 acres, Mm -hmm. grows approximately 30,000 cubic feet of wood. In how many years? In twenty-eight years. And this is a two a two by uh, two point something uh, by two point something acre swath of land. Yes. Well, no, it's just two point four acres, which is I, I forgot. Oh, the ag- is acre thing. a square? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, an acre is a is a square. Oh, right, of, right, right. Of of area. Of course. So a hectare is two point four acres. Okay. And holy shit! Let me give you that is about ten standard American two car garages of wood okay that is a lot of wood it's like a warehouse's worth yeah it's it is it's it's a huge amount yeah that's one hectare they have literally 2.4 million hectares <gasps> of these trees growing in new zealand whoa it's the same in uh some south american countries it's like i think in new zealand 1.9 million something like that that is aggressive it is but my god like you have to think about this um trying to contrast um this is let me take a step back. This is the manifestation of industrialized logging, a la the industrialization of corn and growing corn as a crop. Sure. So our title 
is so apt that it's just, it's almost upsetting. Mm. They're not growing forests. They are growing trees as if they are a crop for the wood, which is, which is great. You know, you're happy because you're not like going and cutting down their native forest. They're not going in and cutting down their cowrie trees in order to get wood to build a, a piece of I don't know, a, a concrete uh, form, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like something that's like, why are you even wasting the wood on that? You're just going to throw it away. It's just going to be completely useless after you cover it in concrete or something. Right. So they're growing these trees so fast and so aggressively, as you noted, mm-hmm. that it's it's like you're growing a crop of tree that is just wood. You're, it's just manufactured wood. It just so happens a natural thing is manufacturing it. That's like such a big amount too. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could like see it from space. That's that's mm. the kind of thing I'm thinking. Like a two point whatever million hectares yeah. is really, really hard for me to conceptualize. Yeah. And I can't give you a good example of like, uh, I mean, there's millions and millions of acres of trees um, in Oregon alone. Okay. So it's, it, you could certainly see it from space, but you just see, you know, probably a patch of green here, a patch of green there. Sure. Like it's across all the, both islands in New Zealand. And and I, I should say I'm choosing New Zealand because they have a lot of good data on this and I found a lot of info and they're mm. like, it's kind of famous there. Cool. We talked about it last week with Jara that they are, um, the often Pinus radiata is planted where they cut down other trees because it's used for a now strictly for a crop. Get yeah. rid of the native prairie and plant wheat and grass. Get rid of the native whatever was there, most likely at that time, low shrubs and grasslands. Sure. Plant a tree that can take those conditions. Boom. Now you got yourself a forestation. See, I feel a little okay about that. Isn't it weird? Like shrublands, I'm like in grasslands, I'm like, that's fine. But grass will be okay. Yes. I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about grass. Yeah. Fair. I'm worried about trees. Because ah. they take eight million years to grow three inches. Interesting, Alex. So here's a question. Oh. If you are trying to uh if you're in Oregon and you cut down a forest to plant whatever it is you're doing, you okay. know, a, a city or grasses. To plant a city. Exactly. You can plant a city, you can plant your wheat, your hey. corn. Someday. Someday I'm going to plant a city right here. (laughs) Casey town. (laughs) So you cut down a native forest and Mm -hmm. you turn it into something else. Then that is called deforestation. Okay. A forestation is the opposite of that, where you are planting trees on land that historically has not been covered with a forest. Okay. So in one regard, you're like, yeah, okay, great. We got more trees. But if you're talking about a prairie that prairie is important because it is a prairie. So yes, it's covered with grasses, but that is a certain kind of habitat that now you're basically doing the same thing. You're destroying habitat and planting a monoculture of something else over the top of it. I understand. The value question though is of course, trees are better than grass. Well, I have a bit of a forest bias. Yes. Okay. I think that's good personally, but yeah. yeah. So, but I understand the value in a grassland, of course. Now, Alex. Home I to had, millions. I got one other thing. You just said you have a forest bias. Yeah. We've spent this entire episode describing that we are not talking about a forest here. We're talking about a plantation. Okay. Wow. So, this is a plantation of tall sticks that 
is now taking over what used to be a native grassland or yeah. native peatland, native something land. Okay, tall sticks. They're not real. Are, are they really trees, Casey? Are they really trees, Alex? Yeah, I think so. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, I think, yeah. Like, hold on, let's check. Yeah, it looks like we're getting yeses on uh, that. They are trees. It sucks to pose like a, what you think is a philosophical question. And everybody's like, yeah, of course. I'm yeah, yeah, like, oh, that's, that's it. Shit, all right. So, yeah, so this is, um, so talking and kind of to put a nice little bow around this, We've been talking about forestry, right, for the last little bit. We talked about with the eastern white pine, how industrial forestry kind of got started, at least in the United States. Yeah. Now, you could take that same kind of process and apply it to almost anywhere else where there's a bunch of trees. It's about the same, you know. Forestry is not a uniquely American phenomenon. In fact, it started in Germany, you know, for all intents and purposes. Mm. Then we talked about the jara, and the jara is a tree that is um, growing in a really unique place where if you cut it down, it doesn't necessarily come back uh, in the same way, Yeah. right? Now, we're talking about then you cut these trees down and you replant them. Are you replanting a forest or are you just replanting a plantation? Right. And if you change just some of the variables, it's really interesting. If we had giant forest plantations in Oregon of a non-native species, would we think that there's still a forest? As opposed to now, because you go out, we have Douglas fir, and it's regrowing back. It doesn't quite fit this plantation definition because you're like, well, it's a native forest growing back with native trees in a native way. I think that's okay. But then if you take that and just say, okay, well, what if this is a different tree in a different place? that didn't normally have trees there or it's a a tropical subtropical area that you're like wow we're planting these trees that aren't native here this feels very much like getting rid of a prairie and planting another grass which we just call wheat you know interesting i I think it raises a couple questions throw them out here throw them out well and these i don't think can be answered necessarily Mm. this episode but maybe you can mull over them at home yeah can a forest be man-made? Ooh. Or is the definition part of the definition of a forest is that it's it's it makes itself? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's, that's a great question. It's nature-made. Ah, so a forest by definition must be self-made. Yes, at least that we're posing that as a question. I love that guy. He's a self-made forest. Yeah, that's a self-made forest over there. Don't mess with him. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing. A chain of that. mechanics. Yeah, I just I just added <clears throat> a singular and a masculine pronoun to that. Even though forest is by definition many things. Well, that says something about you, what Casey. A piece of shit. <laughs> Let me guess. It, it, this forest was white too. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, that's a white cis forest right there. If I've ever seen one, <laughs> a white pine forest. Um, that's that's my first. Can a forest be man made? Yeah. And then also, can a plantation be a forest Ooh. if things start moving in? It, can it be natural? Right. In some regard, can it can it become a forest? Mm. But then if you chop it all down, it's no longer a forest because all the animals and bugs move out. You know what now, I'm saying? That's such a good question, Alex. Like. That that starts diving into things about like restoration, you know, mm. like take a, a disturbed area that used to have a building on it or something and say, yeah, we're going to restore this to native whatever. Yeah, you can do that. But then it's it's all designed down to a T. You know, what plants grow where? How do how big are we going to be when they plant it? How many are going to die? Are we OK with this? You know, and then you have all these other native and non-native things coming in and doing whatever it is. They're mix. Right. It's really those are two really good questions, which I, I I think is the perfect way to leave this discussion about the Monterey pine, this radiata pine, mm-hmm. because 
in one regard, like we noted, that's great. Like they're getting all the wood that New Zealand needs and plus some that they're exporting to India and China and Japan. That's great. Like, cool. You're not cutting down native trees in a in a forest somewhere else. But there's also these other like hidden costs to mm. it. And they've done all these genetic choices where these trees are like freaks. Like they are the equivalent of corn, not only that they're growing so fast and straight and perfect, but also that they are like so genetically altered. Right. Yeah. Anyway, really good questions, Alex. Well, there you have it, Case. Something for you to mull over at home and, and send us emails and, uh, you know, nice ones. And, and uh, <laughs> post a comment, will you? Yeah, honestly. Uh, we can only, nice emails mean comments. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, please. Uh, nothing about my body, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here are the rules. No touching of the face or hair. Uh, Casey, that was our discussion of the Monterey Pine. A fascinating one, if you ask me. And we got a review section to go. We need to give this thing a score, and we'll do so after the break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the Monterey Pine, Pinus Radiata. Casey, it's time for a review of the Monterey Pine, and here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on the Monterey Pine and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 Golden Cones of Honor. Mm -hmm. Casey, as our resident expert, we will begin with you. I'm happy that you asked, Alex. I I have to say, I also love having a really weird kind of formed tree. Hmm. It just makes me laugh to see a tree that is just like... It it almost can't grow like a tree half the time. Like, sure. They're so tightly packed together. They form like one kind of low canopy. They they look like big shrubs. They have all these weird things growing out. You're talking about natively grown or natively growing yes. Monterey pine. Yes, okay. exactly. And I like to think about natively grown things. Uh, like I like to imagine, like, hey, what, what, what's it in its best form? Sure, its purest form. Exactly. And like they look like trees. You would look at them like, here's a, here's the lovely picture from Point Lobos in case State she's Park. showing me a photo. And yeah, they yeah. look like trees. Exactly. They look... They they look a bit like, um, yeah, interesting. They, yeah. They're like, all their canopy is right at the very top. Exactly. They almost look like stubble to me. Like, it's like they have stubble on top of them, and they themselves look like stubble on top of the earth. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm an, I need to I need to post a retraction here. Oh. I said all their canopies at the very top. That's what a canopy is. Mm, yeah. What I meant was all of its foliage yep. is in its canopy. Yes, which is what a canopy is made of, so also a self-defined <sighs> term. Fuck. Alex, uh, the podcast is regretting a lot of hairs. I was going right to try now. another one, but I think I should just stop. <gasps> Casey, I, I would like to tender my resignation. For All right. Arbitrary. Thank you, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. We have Tobin Mitnick here taking no! over. <laughs> my worst nightmare. Alex has been replaced. Uh, uh, I react so strongly because I, I feel like that's going to happen someday. You just have that fear. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a nice hostile takeover. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I so I love this tree. I think it's a cool tree, but also yeah. like it doesn't do tree things to me. Like it doesn't like I, I don't want to get near it because most of the time everywhere around it is poison oak. So, oh. so I've never been like, I'm going to go hug this tree. Sure. I'm usually like, I'll look at it from this path yeah. that I'm not going to walk down. I feel you. 
and they're also just like they grow in like these these weird headland areas like they're really like they're unique trees but they're unique in a way that isn't like fascinating they're kind of unique in a way where it's like oh well there's a unique tree you know that's such a good burn casey is it a good burn okay thank you you're unique in a way that's like not fascinating <laughs> i don't know Whoa. he's just lit a cigarette and walked away what the <laughs> hell weird and i hate you is what that means <laughs> you're weird and i hate you uh, yeah so i don't know they're they're cool they're fine they're great oh yeah. god what's mm. happening Honestly, do it. I, I think I can say overplanted. Wow. <laughs> well, sure. They're planted so much everywhere. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it like a six point zero. Yeah. Not a great tree. That's where it's I thought a, you were going. Yeah, it's a fine tree. It's cone out of this world. Love the cone. Amazing. Like, like come back to me with that cone every day of the week. But it's just like ah oh, ah oh, fine you're. You, uh, what about you? <laughs> I'm real good, Alex. Casey, yes. 6.0 Golden Cones of Honor for the Monterey Pine. 6.0. Alex, what about what do you think? Um, you know, I, I, I see logging in like a necessary evil sort of. Yeah, and this I think is a pretty good pretty good example of the best case necessary this, evil. Yeah, this is the poster child. Uh, I think if I probably grew up around Monterey, California or or on Isla de what is it? Uh, Guadalupe. <laughs> Guadalupe. Yeah. Uh, apologies. Um that I would feel like, you know, emotionally attached to this tree. I will totally understand if you do, dear listener. I have no I have no love for it. Yeah. However, as Alex picks up the cone. This cone is a banger. Yeah. This is a 10 out of 10 pine cone. That's for sure. And that has to be worth something, Casey. Yeah. I'm hitting this tree with a 7.25 golden cones of honor. Yes. And I will tell you this. One quarter. Yeah. It The the reason it gets a 7.25, uh-huh. period, is because of the cone. Yeah. This thing's all about the cone for all me. All right. I have, okay, all right, uh, a, a counterfactual. Mm. What if the cones were just boring and stupid? Like, like what? how would that change? Like, let me give, a, I'll think of an example. Um, not a cute cone, not an interesting cone. What if it was a Austrian black pine? Like, just your standard, oh, thanks for cares? an example yeah. that I definitely know okay, off the top you're right, of okay. my head. <laughs> there is, uh, there's a scotch pine yes. right next to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of boring. Scotch pine's fine. They're, they're you know, dime a dozen. They're, they're not even that. They're like, like a dime uh, gross. If this, if this Monterey pine had a dime a dozen dull boring uh, cone it'd get like a three or a four whoa. so that should tell you how much i love this cone Ooh. it's so cool and that's my final word that was our review of the monterey pine but before we say before we drop the mic we got to do a q a we got to do a q a it is time for our completely arbitrary q a and you see my, how my, how strong my muscle memory is i yeah. can't i can't just go into it naturally case yeah 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 that's okay uh, that's okay <laughs> this week he reads whatever's whatever's on the teleprompter <laughs> this week our question is from socks hi casey and alex hello socks I went to college at CSU Monterey Bay, oh, Casey. Was Go that by Otters. Accident? And I uh no. 
<laughs> I noticed that many of the trees had little silver discs nailed into them okay. with a number stamped on them. I was very tempted to take the one of my lucky number, but I thought they might be important. Good call, probably. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so good. <laughs> the other day, I noticed the same discs on some trees in a town I live near. What are these discs? Thanks, uh, socks. Thank you, socks. So, Casey, uh, these little metal discs. Yeah. What do you think? I, I don't. I don't even know if I have a, a uh, an idea. I'm sure they're put uh-huh. there by the city. Uh, probably, or yeah, whoever is the manager of that land. Yeah. Okay. What are these little discs and these little numbers? Uh-huh. I must imagine dog tags. Yeah. What do they mean, yeah, Casey? That's actually very, that's very close. Here is what they are usually used for: an inventory. Ah. Yeah. Okay, that makes so much sense. Yeah, so a lot of times on campuses, especially, and campuses in the broadest sense, you know, you'd imagine um, a piece of land that is big that they would have, they would use the term campus. Uh, the Nike campus. The Nike campus. Yeah. The OSU campus, like colleges. The OHSU campus. Exactly, all these different things. Okay. So they have a bunch of trees and they want to oh, know what they have. I gotcha. Yeah, if you are making a map, it's easy to make a map and say, okay, tree one, tree two, tree three, tree four, and you mm-hmm. can just have those. But then if you go out onto site and you are looking at this map and you're like, oh, well, shoot, what tree's in front of me? You need some reference. So they'd put a little tag on the tree that says this is tree one, this is tree two, this is tree three, four. Okay. So you can go down and you say, okay, here it is, tree number one. Nail it in, measure it, identify it, tell how the health of it is. Just get kind of some of those basic demo, demographic informations on the tree. Put it in the spreadsheet. Exactly. Then you can run some numbers. I've got so many fucking questions, Casey. Oh, please, begin. Here's my follow-up to socks. Do they literally start at one? Yes, yeah. I mean, you would naturally, right? Yes, I, I did this as a consultant, and we had numbers between one and a thousand. Okay. Do you know where tree number one is in Portland? Oh, mm, and no. can you can you find it? No, and here's why. So Portland did this without putting tags on the tree. Those dumb. Yeah, it's it's rough, but you can go to the inventory of the city of Portland street trees, which uh-huh. they're updating now, and you can find a, an exact like dot. They use GPS okay. to say here's the exact tree. But you just have to go out to that exact location and be like, I'm pretty sure this is the tree they're talking about. Okay, so it is doable, kind of. It is, yeah. But it's not as... uh, Here's a great example of when you would use it the way I used it when Uh I was a consultant is we would go out and do an inventory on a property that's getting developed. So we would say, okay, so here's trees one through 10. Um, You're going to cut down trees three, four, five, and six. I see. But you want to keep all those others. So when the the planner folks are looking at it, they say, okay, sounds good you're doing that here's your here's your your building permit then you have the construction workers who are out there saying okay well which trees are we taking down which ones aren't they don't necessarily know any of this other demographic information they're just like okay uh here's the tree it looks like the right tree but there's like three i don't know it looks like it's that one Hmm. this is a way to say no no no. you're taking down tree number one go find the tree that has the tag on it that says tree number one cut that down i see no ambiguousness to it at all love it yeah all right next question uh, how do I uh, how do I start my own tree inventory? I feel oh. like this would be a fun f- fun little side project. That would be a fun side project. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where to buy these, but I know you can just probably Google tree tags and then I you buy them somewhere. I kind of want to just like pick a block. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And or a neighborhood, a really small neighborhood, you know. Oh, I think that would be great. And just like start, I don't know, start. M- 
I would love to see this gra- like this data in a graph, you know? Oh, dude. Like how many dogwoods, you know, in the Overlook neighborhood, yeah, like yeah. how many dogwoods are there really? Like, cause oh, there are a shit man. ton, but I would love to see that number next to the number of, yeah. you know, well, the red maple or whatever. Yes. So they have that for like street trees, but not private trees. Okay. And you can do that. I don't know if their information, I don't know if they have like, let's say they, I'm speaking of the city of Portland, Mm -hmm. but a lot of colleges, uh, clearly the college has that. Maybe they don't have the info out there. They did their own (laughs) management plan because most of the time you'd go get these numbers, say, okay, how many trees do we have? How big are they? What's the diversity, the species you can come up with a bunch of, you collect like, maybe five or 10 points like of data for each tree. Okay. Wow. Which is, I'm well, I guess I shouldn't say it that much, Like you could do the, the species, the diameter, the height, the spread, the health, that's five right there. Mm. And stick with those five. That's all you need. And then you can put that into, um, some analysis tools like I trees, one that the forest service has developed. It's good enough, but it's not great, but it does. It, it's, it's the best effort to do like a very mechanical how much is this tree worth it's serviceable exactly yeah it's better than nothing by far sure and you would say okay so we have this many trees and you do exactly what you're talking about but i don't know if the city of portland for example does is able to like break that up by the neighborhood okay they've done it for the park so they can say this park has this many trees of these species this park over here is you know different but the city and the campuses, any place, they should have the ability, if they so chose, to do that spatial analysis where you could draw a circle around a neighborhood mm-hmm. and then say, okay, let's calculate only this neighborhood. What are the tree species and, and how do they change You know, per this neighborhood to that neighborhood? It is an extraordinarily useful piece of information. So, socks, though it is your favorite number, I'm happy yes. you did not take it off. Good restraint. Yes. Someone is using that for some good thing. I would be willing to bet if you looked up an inventory analysis for your campus, they probably have that tree. You could go find out everything there is to know about your favorite numbered tree and then maybe tie a bow around it and say, you're the best. How about that? There you go. Thank you, Socks, so much for your question. If you have a question for us, hey, hit up the Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrary pod that's a-r-b-o-r-t-r-a-r-y if you want to support the pod right now the best way Mm -hmm. is to go subscribe to us on patreon if you're not familiar if you are familiar go ahead and skip forward a few seconds if you're not familiar patreon.com is like a subscription service for your favorite artists right Mm -hmm. uh so you can give us a monthly fee basically and you get stuff in return it's 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 uh it's my one of my favorite things to have ever existed um patreon is fantastic um so here's here's a little breakdown of what you can do one uh one dollar a month it's called the tree huggers it's just a quick thumbs up and a thank you we love all our tree huggers thank you three three dollars a month the q a quercus and alder tier you submit questions you have a chance to get them on the mainline episodes like socks question. We just talked about if not on the mainline, then we do a big Q and a episode every couple months, five at $5 a month. You enter the Arboretum. I'm like, a. <laughs> that was so good. Alex. Why did you stop? Everything was getting uh, exciting. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Arboretum. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. They're laid back. They're casual. They're less edited than the mainline episodes, which I always think is kind of cool. Very it's like, real. It's just like you're sitting here with Casey and mm-hmm. I. I, I've I've had lunch on one or two of them. I've got, done my laundry <laughs> while we recorded one, um, and those are about just a plethora of topics. We do all sorts of things mm-hmm. on the Arboretum. Ten at ten dollars a month, you are inducted into the Cone of the Month Club. Coveted. <laughs> those are like the words flashing on the screen yeah. and fading away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, the Cone of the Month Club is our flagship tier for 10 bucks a month. You are sent a conifer cone sticker in the mail. Every month, it is illustrated by a ind- different independent artist. It's printed locally in Portland, and we ship them all over the world. That's right. And you should note, we have Monterey Pine cones that we made, like, I think, a couple years ago by Dreyfus was our artist. Yes. They're such a delight. And um, the other thing is, you're like, well, I wasn't in the Cone of the Month Club during that month, so I can't get it. Uh, wrong. <laughs> you can, you dummy. <laughs> Once you join the Cone of the Month Club, uh, you get a special code that yes. gets you into our hidden cone store. If you've been to our website, you've seen it, you've clicked on it, you found the gatekeeper, he denied you access. Yes. You are able to join the Cone of the Month Club and get access to all of the old cones in our hidden store so you can get cones to your heart's delight. That's right. I should also mention that any tier includes all of the rewards from the previous tiers as well. Exactly. So once you make it to 15. Wow. We have Arbitrary Plus. Our live streamed, our flagship live stream tier. Everything's flagship with these people. <laughs> our flagship question and answer tier. <laughs> on Arbitrary Plus, we do two live streams a month that we stream on YouTube Live. We send you a link the night of. We uh, we let you know at the beginning of the month what days to put aside on your calendar for live streams. One of those live streams is with Casey and I. We talk about all sorts of things. We have visual uh, components, and we chat with you in the chat. The other of those live streams is just me, although I'm going to try to get you in on some of these, Casey. Yeah, I would like to. It'd be a lot of fun. You do schedule it every time I happen to have another event that I must be at. Uh I don't know if you know this, Alex, but I'm very busy (laughs) like a bee. Yeah, you really are. That live stream is me playing a game, a video game. It's tree or nature related in some way last month we played terra nil which is a habitat restoration game mm. above that is our flagship tier for 20 20 dollars a month it's called generous admission and it's an exciting new tier from completely arbitrary you can give whatever you want really it starts at 20 dollars. it is the most above and beyond we could ever ask of anyone um and you just get all the previous tiers before that and our most sincere thanks. Yeah, if you're really just looking to give what you can, anything works. If this is something you're like, I got to give these guys my entire will's amount of inheritance, <laughs> Yeah, we're happy for that as well, and we will <laughs> shut you out. Um, that's Patreon, and this has been Completely Arbitrary. Casey. Alex, all of you out there, go cut down a tree. 
Yeah, go cut down it. Go go hey. plant a tree and cut down a tree. I yeah. think that's totally allowed. <laughs> I actually say that. I and I just it, it tickles me because this is our first episode of Arbor Month. Wow. Good day, everyone. We're gonna start a whole new episode right now. So we will leave you with Happy Arbor Month, you guys, April in the United States, and we are very excited about it. We have a lot of things coming up. We've told you about it before. We'll see you there. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Au revoir. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 